Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It is Nick here, and welcome to this week's show. So today, I'm delighted to have on the show Andrew Silito. Now, I first heard of Andrew because he was putting out these really cool LinkedIn videos, and he was talking about business, but he was also talking about health and relationships and mindset. And the thing I liked about what he was talking about is that you've got to have a degree of balance, if you like, if you're going to be successful for a sustainable period of time. Now, for me personally, I don't believe in balance all the time. I think sometimes you've got to double down on stuff. Sometimes there are priorities that are more important for a period of time than other things. But the thing I liked about Andrew is he was talking about the things that you can do, the preparation, the habits, the routines that can really spark in you a way of creating not just success in what you're trying to do, but also that sustainable ability, that ability to keep going. So Andrew is a business psychologist. He's a performance coach, a public speaker. He's written three books. He's got a great TED Talk. He talks, as I said, a lot about a method. It's called the Four Keys Method, which combines all of these different things together. And his background is in professional sport. So that really, you know, when I talk about performance and this idea that you have to bring things together to drive maximum performance, then that is absolutely the place, the space where Andrew plays. So I know you're going to love this conversation. As I said, I've admired his stuff for some time. So welcome to the show, Andrew Silito. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business. Uh, another week, another amazing guest on the show. I'm delighted to have a good friend of mine on the show today, someone I've been wanting to have on Scale Up Your Business for some time. Welcome to the show, Andrew Silito. Hello, Nick. Wonderful to be here. So good to be here uh, on your show. <laughs> Do you know what's is. cool? What's really cool, right? Is I've been following your stuff for a while because, you know, we have, a, I think, a keen interest in similar, yeah, similar things. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm going to remind you of something that happened. You probably won't remember it, but I remember it. There was a Saturday morning. Uh, it was either Friday or Saturday. And you were doing one of your live shows on LinkedIn. And I remember getting up and I think I had a hectic night because the kids were up and all sorts of crazy things were going on. And I thought, oh, Andrew's doing a live and you had something. It was one of your, one of your programs, one of your things, and it kind of resonated and I joined it. And I think you saw me come in and you're like, oh, Nick, hi, Nick Bradley. You know, Nick, Nick Bradley's a, you know, a really good business scale up guy, whatever else. And I thought, oh, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. I got to acknowledge you. Yeah. For the work you do. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's, it's, let's do a proper uh, intro with you. So you're a yep. business psychologist, performance coach, public speaker, uh, author. You're based in London in the UK. Actually, not based in London. You're from London, but now you're living in, is it Prague? Well, I'm from Royal Tunbridge Wells, uh, Okay, actually. Okay, we say you London because, you know, in the, over here, but now I live in Prague. I've been in Prague since 2000, December 2019. Just before okay. COVID hit, yeah. Uh, nice part of the universe to live in, for sure. It's wonderful, um, yep. And you have been a professional athlete. Um, I know you focus a lot on things like, you know, winning, winning mindset, you know, those those areas of performance. But the thing that you've been focusing your time on, um, I suppose, more recently, you say, is 
this idea of scaling without burnout and the idea yeah. of, you know, there are certain things, certain characteristics that people need to have to be able to be both successful, fulfilled and achieve. So I'd like to get into all of that today, if that's cool. Yeah, let's do it for sure. Did I, did I yeah. miss anything? <laughs> No, no, I think you, you know, I'm still, I'm an aspiring professional athlete. I still think I've got an opportunity to, I played this morning, uh, ice hockey and, and last night and, and I'm still obsessed with it. And someone joked today, you know, and I said, well, no, I, I'm still, I still got a chance, you know, to make it to the, uh, the elite anyway. Oh, we're, um, we're very similar, mate. Very I, I play, um, I play basketball on Thursday night. So as we record right, this yeah. episode, I've got a game, well, no, I've got a training tonight and I still go out there and I blast 20 points from shooting three yeah. pointers and things. Yeah. And I'm like, just, it just 47. Like kid. keeps us, <laughs> keeps us young, you know? Excellent. Well, let's, let's go a little bit deeper into your um, story if we can, um, which will sure. then take us to what you do now and why. So yeah, that'd be great to hear <clears> that. Thanks. Yeah, so my I guess my my background was kind of uh, parallel life. I grew up playing street hockey in the southeast of England, an unusual sport for a British kid, um, but but just to pursued it, I just it um, became a, a passion of mine, and I caught a bit of a wave. I think in the nineties, the sport got really popular, and then I ended up moving to Canada and pursuing it, you know, professionally, and had a wonderful time, and 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 I I was coaching a lot as well, so I kind of got into coaching quite early and building like summer camps and all these kind of things. And then I realized I thought I better get a bit serious because I'd, I'd been in the ski industry and the snow sport skate scene. And so I went and got myself a suit from Moss Bros. Oh. cost me a hundred pounds. <laughs> me, the high, the high street superhero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, I, I went for an interview at Yellow Pages. Oh, man. Uh, my first interview really in, in the corporate world. And, and they gave me a job and I was, I was like, oh, blimey, this is going to get serious. Um, but it was wonderful. And that was in 2004. And that, and that really introduced me to coaching, business coaching, because we were trained as business coaches, as consultants. I mean, ultimately trying to sell advertising, but it really gave me a, a thirst or a taste of, of going into businesses and really understanding their business and the more commercial side of things. And then obviously trying to um, present a full page ad in color and hope they'd go for it. And so I did that for five years and worked my way up into a leadership role. Um, and then a company called Blue Sky Performance Improvement, a friend of mine from school was a COO and he, Is that he got in touch with me. Mark Janssen? Mark Janssen, yeah. yeah. So I had an okay. interview with, with him and, and his COO, Nathan, and at the time and <clears throat> a few other people. And, and I was just thrown in a deep end. Like I'd never done anything like, like going into corporate space and, and delivering training. And they just said, go and talk about the sports thing. Talk about Great Britain. Talk about your work with that. You know, and I just, I, I was totally out of, out of my comfort zone. Um, but, it uh, within two years, I was I really kind of settled into this performance coaching, management consulting, going into these organisations and, and talking confidently about sports parallels and the mindset and uh, and uh, you know 2012 Olympics had been announced, so everything was kind of gearing towards that, and everybody wanted to talk about sports, right, and, and mindset and the winning mindset. So I I caught a nice wave with that and. And just continued. So that was around 2000, 2009. And then in 2012, just got more serious with my business and started doing more leadership work. I'd, I'd been the head coach for Team GB at that point. We'd, we'd had a really successful time, uh, won the gold medal, got promoted into Paul A, beat Finland, the type of the Czechs. I mean, we had this kind of just fantasy four years. You know, it was amazing. Uh, I wrote a book about that. And then that's what kind of put me on a journey then traveling around the world, just talking about uh, how to create locker room spirit ultimately, you know, how to turn a team around because the team I'd taken on with GB had, had uh, you know, the dressing room was pretty toxic and, 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 and I'd kind of been thrown this pass really and gone in very direct, you know, didactic, you know, which surprised me. 
because I'd been coaching for a while. So I understood, you know, all the leadership models, but somehow unconsciously, I just went in and went a bit militant and then realized I had to change that up a little bit. Let's, let's pause for a couple of things there. Cause I want to, yep. I want to go into, into two things before we jump, sure. jump ahead. So f- first question is your, what, what we would call your purpose or your mission now, did you intentionally create that or did you discover it on this journey? I discovered it on this journey, one through two, two things, ultimately one, I was preparing for my Ted talk and I read talk like Ted and I was kind of getting a bit stuck. I was in a bit of a cul-de-sac with it, with the the kind of the, what I was going to talk about. And it just said, think about the most emotional experience of your life. What's the kind of, and it can be positive or negative. And I thought, well, there's one thing that I've never really talked about. And I don't know if I want to talk about it, but that was my, my dad dying when I was 16. He died of a sudden heart attack at age 48. He was a business owner. And, and that really kind of got me thinking. And then I started just sharing this story. And I noticed that people were really starting to lean in and, and it was resonating with people about, it wasn't so much about burnout, but just, you know, my father, he'd, he'd moved into the property industry from, we, we from the bakers, you know, um, several generations of bakers. I was always going to be a baker. There was no doubt in my mind, you know, I was going to be a baker. My dad sold a business at age 11, moved into property, made a lot of money. 1990 crash happened. He lost everything. Three years later, 93, he died, heart attack. So I, got, I started t- telling this story and, and that became my TED talk. Um, the irony was that that kind of projected me forward. So I started talking about kind of combining the, the hockey stuff and uh, how to create a high performance culture and traveling around the world. I was going flying around the Middle East, the US, working with likes of Ericsson, Pfizer, Exit uh, PPP, you know, big corporates, Hong Kong, flying out there and and you're, you know, you're old neck of the woods. And, um, and then my wife just turned around to me one day and said, I did not sign up for this. And it was like, I've got a picture of me getting punched in the face. I used to use it on, on the podcast. And it, it literally, that's what it felt like. It just blindsided me. You know, I just didn't see it coming. Then you kind of think about it. You think, actually, there's probably been conversations building up to this for the last two years. But I kind of just ignored it because I was saying to myself, hey, I'm doing this for us. You know, I'm I'm out doing this work for us. Of course, I'm, I'm just chasing a dream, really. And my wife left me with the kids, two kids. And my oldest daughter by that time had, had moved. She was, she's now 22 and studying to be a midwife, which I'm very proud of. But she's, she was traveling around Australia at the time. And it was, uh, it was just, I just didn't see it coming. So then kind of thinking, right, well, that happened to my dad. And then I, I started suffering really bad inflammation. Mm-hmm. I don't know, we've talked about this. I was. I, I think I that's where doubt. I connected. I think firstly through some of your stuff because yeah, I was from my really sporting sh- background as well, and I, you know, was suffering from really bad arthritis again. Yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. you talking about, and that was the first thing I remember you speaking about. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, you when you played sports your whole life, you just kind of go, well, it's just the consequence, right, of 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 playing sports. But then I was getting these gout attacks, and it, it was like it's not like I was. I didn't. I wasn't really the profile for gout. Um, but there was definitely some things around food and diet, but a lot of it was linked to stress. I, I realized that I just kind of underlying stress, like a, you know, a dis-ease ultimately that was kind of unconscious to me. Yeah. And it was really causing me problems because it was like two weeks on the couch, couldn't play with my kids, couldn't do, you know, and I've said to my wife, look, I can't, I just literally cannot do this, finding clients and making excuses and saying, sorry, I've Something's come, you know. And what was the stress? What was the, I mean, to go back just to the timeline of the story, because this is pretty powerful, I think, for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Was this around the time that your wife had had that conversation with you? Where, where, yeah, it was what? all building up to that. 
Okay. You know, and I right. think so traveling, had, yeah, all of that, and different times, just just a number of things, and then having to face that stress and the tension in my relationship with my wife and and all of that. Um, it, you know, this we create this kind of acid in the body. You know, this inflammation in the body through the stress, and then it only takes something like you know. The, and the other thing is that you. You, know, you think, well, I'll have a beer then, you know, I'll kind of calm, you know, that'll help, you know, so you start mm-hmm. yep. kind of doing other things or, or eating bad food and justifying it. And so you end up in this kind of bad cycle. And I experienced that for about two years, this cycle. And without digressing too much, I, I ended up speaking to someone in the gym about it. And he, he said to me, um, have you considered the ketogenic diet? And it could help. And I, I just explored that. That got me into the kind of whole ancestral health. Yeah. And, uh, and that, that's been a game changer for me. But ultimately, it was just eliminating sugar, flour, seed oil, you know, things like that. Um, but the, the stress that, thing... A different conversation. No, but, no, no. Um, well, it, it, no, it's funny, right? Now, this podcast is funny because it's called Scale Up Your Business, but we, we get into all sorts of stuff. And I think right. everyone who listens to this with some degree of regularity realizes that I go off piece all the time. And, yeah. and you know, and I, I talk about it in this way that, you know, business is one part of your life, right? But if you want to have a great life, right? You know, live life on your terms, all those things. You've got to have other dimensions working for you. So we do talk about mindset. We do talk about health, which yeah. again, resonates with your message. But the thing I want to get my head around is obviously stress is, is something that hits everybody. And sometimes people don't have no idea what to do about it. You obviously um, changed some habits, right? That served you. What else changed? Did you change anything else at that time? Or was it just your diet to start to move you and shift you into, into kind of what you're doing now? So, I would say the thing that's had the biggest effect on my life was changing my diet. Okay. And it wasn't that it was bad, really. It was just that there were things that were triggering my inflammation. So, you know, once I got my head around that, um, everything changed. My clarity, my composure, my, my hockey improved, you know, which, <laughs> you know, yeah, I was yeah. really pleased about. And, but just my ability to have just more clarity, you know, and, my relationship started to improve with my wife, you know, at least the friendship. And we started to kind of reconnect and um, talk things through. And, and as you know, we're, we're now living in Prague together with our two children. So we, we separate for two years before coming out here, but um, diet definitely. But then see the thing with, I think once we conquer the diet, once we get on, on top of that, everything else just follows. So we, your energy levels increase. So then you think, you know what, I'm going to get up at six, you know, or five or whatever and, and, and do my meditation or move my body. And um, you, you, your mind opens up to, to other, other things. The energy levels increase. The work starts improving. You know, you, you become more productive. And, and then I started to think, well, there's, I think there's a relationship between burnout and, and, and even sugar, you know, and, and high carbohydrate diets. And, you know, and I'm, not, I'm not demonizing carbohydrates in any way, but I think people don't realize how much sugar and carbohydrate they can have in a day and end up in this kind of emotional yeah, this kind roller of cloud, coaster. isn't it? Well, yeah, well you know, I know you've spiking. experimented a bit with this because I've heard the rest of the story as well. Um, but, and of course, I know that you teach this now, okay? It's part of your, your whole thing. But so you started with the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Did you experiment with everything to kind of go back to something that works with you? I mean, did you ever go down the vegan route or um, did, you know, yeah, plant-based? Yeah, did all of that, yeah. Because I, I think it's interesting because there must be, and again, yeah. I don't know your view on this. I'm really curious. There must be different diets that work for different people. Or do you find that there is broadly speaking, <laughs> one type of eating that maximizes energy, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I think there is something to do with genetics. Yeah. I, but I do believe that everybody would benefit from, eliminate, from an elimination diet. And then okay. to say, well, what are the things? 
And this gets a bit controversial because if you eliminate everything, and in my, my view, if you eliminate everything, you're left with animal protein. That's it. And that's why the carnivore diet, I believe, works very well for many people. You know, yeah, I tend to be more like you as well. I know, I know that can be polarizing for some, but I tend to yeah. find that I'm broadly some form of paleo, keto, carnivore. And I've tried plant-based and everything else like that, but I find I found when I went to more plant-based or more vegan type, I've never been full vegan, I actually put on more fat. I actually started to feel it's sluggish. Possible. Yeah. Well, sluggish um, was my problem. And and also people started commenting on just the way I look. My my daughter and I, um, we actually did it. Uh, we went vegan. We we used um, Mindful Chef. The, so we just got the yeah, you yeah. know recipes and it just arrived and it was just a no-brainer. And actually, I didn't really think about meat at the time, but I I felt sluggish and I was just getting a few aches and pains, digestive problems. You know, and you know. So again, we we get a bit controversial with this, but uh, I I've, I found that the the biggest game changer for me was just eliminating everything and eating red meat for thirty days. And that, that worked really well for me. Um, and I see it as a tool. And you, know? you still have, um, do you still have any, any vegetables or any, any salads or is it a bit mainly of veg just- on the side? Tiny, if I'm playing sports like today, I would have some fruit, you yeah. know, because I, the fructose is useful. Um, but I wouldn't have any fruit unless I was training. Okay. And you know, any so carbs at all? Any, any rice or anything like that? No, no, okay, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't eat any, uh, carbohydrate, um, in that sense. And I, and when I do it, I, I notice it. Yeah. I know it's a trigger. I know it's a little bit of pain. If anyone that's got gout listening, they'll know what I mean. You know, you start to notice the little twinges, whether it's in the heel, the toe, the knee, the wrist, whatever. And you think, here it comes. And, it, and I can always trace it back to overeating on some usually fructose. Okay. Interesting. So, okay. So let's, let's, um, let's go, we've started to go into part of kind of what you teach, <laughs> which is great, but let's go back yeah. to the, the mission, um, purpose question. So, cause I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how this all sort of worked for you. Obviously you had your own personal story. Um, but you were, you were still, you know, focused very much on coaching to some degree, leadership performance across your various things. Yeah. So, so that part has always been, it sounds like that's been something that's been in your DNA, let's call it for quite some time, regardless. Yes. In fact, I, I found an old school book that I used to use with my, uh, I, I must, I, God knows what I was like when I was 12 years old, but I'd written what can only be described. I guess I'd got it from a school report kind of thing, but I'd written a report on every player in the team at age 12. <laughs> I'd done an analysis on their skating, oh, their shooting, and I've still got it. And I shared it with some of my friends. My friends were horrified. You actually thought that of me, but I must say, I, so it's always been in there, you know, to development, personal development, and then, you know, working with athletes and then moving into leadership in the last 10 years or so. Um, so it's always, it's always been there. Yeah. But sure. Let's unpack yeah. the, um, the team GB piece, and then we can move on to some of the other principles um, that you talk about, but yeah. that turnaround and, and I, and I take it, uh, achieving something that everyone thought was probably impossible at the time. What were the key things that you did? You talked a little bit about going in there first, relatively direct, yeah. but you had to adjust your style. Cause I want, I want people to listen to this in the context of they might be thinking about how they lead themselves and yeah. lead, lead people in their yeah, businesses. Yeah. yeah. Particularly if you want to scale a team, uh, scale your business, you, you know, you need, you need a group, you need your own leadership, but also to how you scale your leadership in, yes. in the business as well. Um, which was something we've really focused heavily on. So someone asked me this question after it was actually the, the, the team Czech, uh, Czech Republic head, head coach. So this was back in 2013 and he just turned to me and he said, how did you do it? And I hadn't really thought about it. You know, I hadn't really put it in sort of, we didn't have a plan. It was just some things that we introduced. And I guess with my background in leadership, I'd applied some of these tools. 
Um, and then I really thought hard about it and started speaking to some of the players. And so, you know, what, what did we do? You know, what, what's your, what was your perception of me and how I led the team? And essentially we came up with these five things that we came, you know, that we, that I wrote about in, in the book. The first one was have a game plan. Sounds so obvious, right? To, to have a game plan, but we didn't, you know, we just, we're just like, we're going to go to the tournament. We're going to do our best. And but there was no game plan. There was no real purpose to what we're doing. And so the first part of that was, well, what is the purpose? You know, the vision is just to win the gold medal. We get promoted if we do that. Everybody's trying to do that. Austria, Hungary, Australia, they're all looking, trying to win the gold. So what could separate us? Well, it wasn't until one of the players, and I always get goosebumps when I think about it, but um, we're doing a workshop, which guys have never done before, right? So we, you know, we're not going on the rink today. We're going upstairs to, the, to this room and we're going to get some flip charts out. And, the, you know, the guys are rolling their eyes and traveled three hours from Edinburgh to, to do this. And anyway, we, we kind of went through this process and the player, one of the players said, you know, when I turn up to Paul B next year, I want to look, act and feel like a Paul A player. I want to go in there. And I literally have goosebumps on my head because everybody just went, Oh yeah. What would that be like? You know, and you've got to remember that the guys on the team, all amateurs, they, they would drive through McDonald's on the way to the rink, drive through McDonald's on the way back. None of them, you know, half, maybe a handful took their training seriously and their nutrition, you know, because it was just important to them. When we started asking ourselves, what, what does a Paul A team look like when they go in? How do they train? You know, how do they dress? How do they carry themselves? You know, how do they get sponsors? All of these things. We started really wow, okay. breaking it down into that. And the long and short of it was that, 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 well, that became our purpose. And then we thought, well, what if we could inspire younger players in Great Britain that one day Great Britain could play in Pool A? you know, and compete with the top eight countries in the world who are all professional. And, and that became the purpose to inspire younger generation that Great Britain could, could compete. And even if we didn't win Paul B, we were definitely a bit different version of ourselves by the time we get there. So all of a sudden players started, you know, we, we actually brought in a guy called Peter Dale from America. He created some videos for us. We just wanted to find the best person, you know, and just the best resources that we could find. And, uh, and that's what we did. And, and 12 months later, we, we went back to the World Championships and we looked, acted and felt like a Paul A team. There was no doubt. We, we completely separated ourselves from everyone else. We'd never beaten Austria before. Austria moved up and down Paul A and all professional athletes, all professional ice hockey guys. And um, we beat them 5-1. And we, we just looked like an entirely different team just by reverse engineering it from this, <laughs> so this that's an I That sounds like an identity shift. Obviously, at a team level, there's... You know, because, you know, that perception of who you are and, and then obviously things like standards change. It reminds me, and I got some goosebumps as you were saying that as well. It reminded me of when I was coaching under 16 basketball and, um, you know, these are 13, 14 year old boys. And, and I remember I, I got them really fit because back then I was a personal trainer, had a gym. And um, we used to sort of do our normal skills training as you would on basketball. And yeah. then we'd spend like an extra 45 minutes just running up and down bleachers, like and yeah. doing nice. wall yeah, sits yeah. and crazy stuff like, you know, yeah. 20 yeah. minute wall sit. Right? Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, all the parents thought I was crazy, but, you know, we ended up winning the championship that year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the team that we beat uh, in the final was undefeated for the season. And I remember saying to them, they said, the reason that we're going to win was because no one had worked harder than us. And, yeah. and I believe that to be yeah. true to this day. And therefore, the, there was a feeling of they deserved it more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know, there's something to take for that for businesses because they neglect that. They think, because I don't know if it's work harder or train harder and or work harder in training, but the fact that you got them doing things that other teams weren't doing, you know, businesses, I think, neglect that. 
that, yeah, that okay. idea that the, the response, all right, the L and D are doing something over here. You know, I'm not sure what's going on, but they're doing something. But actually saying, well, what is the strategy for development? What are you trying to, to do? And that was something we, you know, rather than just turning up to practice and going through the motions, what are we trying to, what's our intent here? You know, what are we trying to achieve with that? And I think you're absolutely right. It's, you can out-train other teams. I think you can out-train other businesses of the competition, you know. It was a mindset um, shift. And I think, you know, the same thing, yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you looked at it from a, a sort of black and white perspective, the team I had didn't have the same external ability as the other team, right? Mm. And probably the same in your situation, I would imagine too. Like, you know, um, the, the other team was taller. They, you know, whatever else, they had better, play, better players on yeah. paper, yeah. but actually yeah. they didn't have the heart or the grit. Yeah. Well, the, the heart, I think, you know, is, is something. And, I, you know, I know so with your background, but I think that's where something Australia and Great Britain have something in common it is this, the, the passion and the heart. And, and when I talk to my Czech friends and the Czech coach, they, they struggle with that. It's kind of a, a common thing. You know, some countries just don't culturally yeah. uh, struggle with that. And they, so there's something about the heart and the drive. Um, the other thing I had to do, which was quite hard for me, even though I understood it at a kind of intellectual level was we implemented this rule of ask, don't tell. You know, we just kept asking questions of each other rather than kind of pointing the finger or telling people or like I'd never been in Austria before as a player. So how would I know apart from as a coach, you know, but asking the players go to where the information is. That was, um, that was really powerful for us. Awesome. Um, so it's kind of okay. That's lovely. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of takeaways from that story as well. But mm. let's, um, let's jump into um, a little bit where we were heading. So, so from that experience and, you know, obviously high level leadership development, leadership coaching, how did you then move more into what you do now, which is, I'm going to say more holistic and we, and yeah. we can talk about your model actually now, um, because that's, that seems like another shift on again from what you were doing yeah. at the time. Well, I tell you what, that, that there are, I guess there are different components. So my father passing away at 48, my work at Yellow Pages, seeing a lot of the, the same trajectory in, in business owners getting worn out, you know, just yeah. going all in their business, seeing it in leaders in the corporate space. And then my own hard learned lessons. Uh, I started to just take a step back and say, well, what's the missing part here? I'd, I'd been talking about business as a business coach. I've been talking about uh, mindset a lot kind of touched on body, but it was kind of just a personal thing to me around mm -hmm. training and nutrition, and, but ne and never talked about relationships, even though I, I knew that there were, you know, as a business owner in a marriage or a relationship with kids has, it just brings a whole different challenge to growing and scaling a business. So that, so all of a sudden I started sort of playing around with that and sharing it with some of my um, clients at the time. So this was around end of uh, 2017. And, and a few people just going, that, that, that makes absolute sense. You know, and then I went to Ibiza, I did a presentation and I, I think my, it was only about two weeks before that my wife had said, I didn't sign up for this. And I just went out and I gave this very passionate, you, you know, you're all here because you want to scale your business. It was like a nervous breakdown on state, you know, when someone comes and melts down, I mean, you're all here because you want to grow your business. And here's what's going to happen in three years time. Your wife won't be there. You, you'll be spending money on your medical bills <laughs> and, you won't, yeah, and you won't, your kids won't be talking to you anymore. You know, were, you, were you invited back to that one? I bet you weren't. Yeah, I mean, well, like, the, the Who's guy, this Andrew guy? <laughs> the guy was looking at me, his eyes were wide open. I could see him and he's like, you can see why, why is he not talking about the hockey stuff? You know, talk about the hockey stuff. But it really landed with people. And, and I, I probably had a, you know, in the evening, people were asking me about it. And, and, and that's when I kind of just shared this idea of the four keys. 
you know, the four keys, you know, and I invited people. I said, Hey, I'm looking for six volunteers to join me. Um, we're going to, we're going to wake up at 5am. It was like the whole 5am 5, 5 club at that time. You know, we're going to wake up at 5am. We're going to meditate. We're going to train. We're going to check in every day. We're going to do that. You know, and, and I said, can I get a show of hands? And about 10 hands went up. Uh, and then, so that was the end of 2017. I launched, I did a set, create some videos, put them as a pilot on, th you know, Thinkific on the online platform, shared that with, we had about eight people. They went through it. They said, this is amazing. And I was like, there's something in this. And then I, I thought I'm going to write a book about it. And, um, and then I, the book was published in 2019, December, 2019. So 12 months later. Uh, and, and in some ways it was a bit of a discourse for me because I had the, the, le the leadership coaching business, right? So I was, that was my main focus and that was still running. And the four keys kind of sent me off in this different direction. Um, but I knew it was my purpose. I knew this, it just felt right in so many ways. And I started introducing a little bit to the leadership stuff and people were going, this is really nice and making me think differently about how I live my life. And, um, and it's just grown and grown and grown since then. So now we have a mastermind launched a retreat this year. Um, we have, uh, like not the online program and it just so people can do it at any level they want to, whether they want to do it by themselves with a, with a group. Well, let's get into it a bit if we can. Cause I think it's, um, yeah. I, I like, I, I think there's a lot of people who, well, I know they do cause they, they reach out to me all the time with what I'm going to call an implied question around the stuff that you do. They won't ask directly, right? There's kind of like, yeah. oh, you know, there might be a symptom, but the root cause isn't, people aren't brave enough necessarily to go there, right? So I think let's just unpack kind of the principles underneath the four keys. We've talked yeah. quite a bit about <laughs> nutrition. I'd like to understand if you were taking someone through it, someone yeah. could be a CEO of a company and you're going to do an assessment or a conversation, whatever you do, let's just go yeah. through that because I think then we'll understand it and I think it will help a lot of people as they hear it. Yeah. So the four keys being business, body, relationships, mindset, that's the first step is to kind of looking at your life across those four areas, but there are actually three steps to the whole thing. So the vision, what's your yep. vision across the four keys? Uh, and then what's your 90 day game plan is the second step. So create your 90 day game plan, which unpicks the vision into metrics. Uh, and then what, what's, what's your legacy? You know, they're, they're the three bits, your vision, your 90 day game plan and, and your legacy. Um, and everything is mapped over the four keys. So we're not just doing a vision for the business. We're doing a vision for the four keys. We're not right. just doing so a, nice got a vision for relationships, a vision for your body, exactly. all those things. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so that vision is quite broad. It, it is, uh, the idea is that it's more emotive. It's yep. not, I mean, there might be some objectives in there, but it's really to kind of just get that, that good feeling of what life could be like on the other side. So there's an element of transformation, which I didn't really, I didn't talk about it in my book because I never really saw it as that initially. Uh, I saw it as, a, I guess, a bit of a, a personal change program. But then more and more uh, as people were going through the program and, and, and even myself, I mean, the four keys has changed my life. You know, it's, and I know it sounds quite, quite a thing to say when it's your own, but it really has, you know. Well, quite it, quite often there's a, there's a concept of, you know, is it like, what is it? Learn, do, teach or something like that, right? And so you've got to learn a concept, which you've obviously created from your experience. You've got to do it on yourself first, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to believe in it, I think. I think it's terrible when someone just kind of does something they haven't done themselves. It doesn't work, right? And then obviously teaching is the, right. the next level. Yeah, yeah. It, well, and, and it's it's a bit of uh, what I hadn't realized at the time, but it, it kind of follows Joseph Campbell's, you know, transformation story, you know, the hero's journey. We're all yeah. on that hero's journey. And so when people are coming to me and saying, you know, this has changed my life. You know, I'm a I don't even recognize that person that I was before I did the four keys program. Like I'm a, they don't even, it's as if they don't, 
don't even like that person in some ways, you know? Um, and it's not everybody is is looking for transformation, but the power in, in just becoming, and as cliche as it sounds, this best version of ourselves mm-hmm. by doing something that's actually really quite simple. Because once you get to the the 90 day objectives, it's like, well, how do I do this daily? What, what does daily look like? And, and that's when we introduced the 10 daily habits and yep. um, the morning routine and, and stuff like that. And how do you uh, advise on the specifics? Cause again, back, we'll go back to diet. Cause we covered that first and we yeah. can go on to some of the others. Yeah. But- I mean, I, I, by the way, I don't prescribe the diet cause diet, no, I, no. I still think diet's very, very personal. If, if people say to me, Hey, Andrew, I, I hear you're kind of low carb and you know, I'd like to know a bit more about that. Then I, I'll have a conversation. But we don't say when you come into the program, you're going to follow a ketogenic diet. No, that's what you, I was. You know, but you must yeah, you yeah. must have um, dimensions, right? So by that yeah. you might sit there and say, okay, so the purpose of of this is maximizing energy, feeling whatever it is, right? There's there's yeah. a result yeah. that you want to achieve. If if someone came to you and I just used, we can talk about any of them, but I just diet's an interesting one. If someone came to you and sort of said, well, I don't know where to start, right? You know, it's interesting right. what you do, but I'm not going to do that. So yeah, do yeah. you then get them to, you see, is the first stage of that a bit of elimination to work out what works for people? Do you well, actually advise on that or is it? Well, people come into the pro. So the first thing is good, because it's a good question because it has evolved into a bit more of a, a prescriptive, um, d- yeah. just do this for 21 days, do it for 30 days or come into the program for 90 days and do this for 30 day, uh, 90 days. Um, so the morning routine is prescriptive to start off with. You know, eventually it becomes a bit more of a framework and people can move within it. But I say to them, just do these five things every time you wake up, you know, get up, drink water, move your body, get your heart rate up, yeah. stretching, yoga, whatever you want. I've got videos on it. Um, do 10 minutes meditation, you know, on a calm app, guided meditation or deep breathing, box breathing. Yeah. Uh, just to practice, engage in the parasympathetic nervous system. Go and have a cold shower. So we, we, we buy into the whole Wim Hof uh, method. Yeah. And then set your four key intentions for the day. You know, so what are you going to achieve in your business, body, relationships, mindset? So you said one intention per key. Is that, is that the, so yeah, like, like the kind thing. of... Gary yeah. Keller, the one exactly. thing sort of thing. Yeah, Love yeah. it. Okay, yeah. great. Because yeah. I, I mean that that I do broadly that every day, right? I so yeah. so I have my sort of two to three minute cold shower, sometimes longer, depending on how how I feel. <laughs> After that first minute, it feels great anyway, so it doesn't matter anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, but it's it's mine, and I do a twenty minute uh, transcendental meditation every day. Right, I've studied yeah, that, yeah. and I quite like yeah, that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been doing that for Amazing. years. I'm not as prescriptive on it in the order, and I'm not as prescriptive on mm-hmm. it. I wouldn't well, say we I do start it. with the order. Because like yeah, you said, some people say, I don't know where to start. We'll just do these five things. If you just yeah. do one thing, get up and drink water, get out of bed, go to the kitchen or have a glass of water. Just do. The, the, it's just habit forming. Yes. You know? it's, and just getting into action. Um, we, we, uh, we do challenge uh, around zero alcohol. So um, I haven't had a drink since uh, this year. I haven't had a drink at all this year, but we, we take just challenges, tactical breaks from alcohol. So people come into break, oh, I don't know if I want to give up alcohol entirely because, you know, not everybody's, it's not, there are, you know, what Andy Ramage talks about in One Year No Beer, you know, there are middle, middle lane drinkers. You know, some people just know that they just drink that little bit too much. They haven't got a drink problem, They're not an alcoholic, but they just know, you know what, I probably crossed the line a bit with it. And, and it makes me feel lethargic. I, I don't like who I am. I'm a bit more snappy. Uh, I'm, I'm not as uh, productive at work. Okay, we'll take a 30 day break. And see what happens. And what we found is that people who come into the program and said, I've done it for 30 days. I think I'm going to do another 30 days. Then it gets to 90 days and they're like, I'm not sure if I'm ever going to drink again because their energy and their productivity just increases or, or they go and have a blowout at the weekend after 90 days because they've, they feel like they've earned the right. And they say that was not worth it. Right. So, so there does seem to be this shift um, culturally, even I would say in the business world uh, where it's getting a little bit cooler <laughs> not to drink. You know, it's, I, th- I guess it started with cigarettes. Now it's alcohol, but 
um, certainly been my experience. And again, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you cut the alcohol out, you, you eat better food, you do the energy goes up, you wake up, you want to do exercise, you know, then you feel a bit better. You don't have the aches and pains in the back. You now, if you've got aches and pains in your back or it could be around your kidneys, right? It's not just back pain. Um, so something's probably not being processed properly in the body. When you start eliminating some of these toxic things, you just feel more energetic. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, what people see is that it's kind of the pain versus pleasure. You know, the, there becomes more pleasure in waking up at 5.30 in the morning than, than, than drinking till midnight, you know? Uh, so all of, when that gap starts to increase, people go, well, I'd much rather get up and feel fresh in the morning than, than enjoy a few, few too many beers on a Friday night. And for most of us, a few too many beers on a Friday night actually impacts Tuesday now. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I can comment know. on that because I, I, well, I'm 47. And there was a point where when I was 21, then it might've been just like yeah. a, a day, but. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Anymore. You know, so we become less tolerant of these things. So, so there, there, that's one of the habits, you know, so we don't, we're not like a, you must, you cannot drink, but Hey, if you want to challenge yourself and see the benefits of that, you know, we've got your back, you know, you're not going to, there, there are more than half the people in my mastermind don't drink now. Wow. So. Yeah. And and the typical person who's coming into your world are they leaders in business predominantly, like entrepreneurs and or business leaders? Is that more business owners? Yeah, right, anything okay. from solopreneurs up to business leaders of say, you know, fifty, sixty strong, and they're looking to to scale now. They're looking to grow. Okay, so so we've talked about obviously um, body um, mindset. Let's talk about mindset, and let's talk about business. Um, we can touch on relationships as we finish yep. off as well. But what are your your sort of principles around mindset? So. Mindset, one is around change. You know, mm -hmm. what, what are the things that, that are slowing me down? So we, we do a, a kind of a, we take them through a bit of a process, which is based on uh, um, Professor Bob Keegan's work with immunity to change and how we have kind of intellectually, we, we know we want to change. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to drink. I want to pick up the phone and speak to more clients. But an emotional level, go, no, that's dangerous. You know, stop doing that. You know, so we've got this kind of playoff. So he talks about that. So we help people get their foot off the brake you know, so they can move forward by identifying some of these things that are slowing them down at an unconscious level. That's, that's one part of, of how we work with mindset. The other part is, is, is just helping people to do three things really well, be goal orientated, uh, manage your emotions under pressure and, and develop self-awareness, you know, that, so that we focus on those kind of three, those three areas. So self-awareness, whether it's using a psychometric or just recognizing what triggers you, what annoys yeah. you. And then managing emotions is like, building on the kind of sports philosophy of staying in the zone and being able to compose or what I talk about managing the mist and then having, having a clear goal or purpose actually. Got it. And, do and, you that, have that, a, and what's your, um, what's your sort of framework for the goal setting side of it? You, you mentioned before about the 90 day intention or 90 day plan. Um, how do you get yeah. people to write their goals? Uh, so the first thing is what's my single biggest challenge in my business, body relationships and mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, what's my desired outcome in 90 days. Uh, we get them to brainstorm around that. So rather than just jumping to a solution immediately, we're, we're trying to, the, we have a mantra, slow down to speed up. Yeah. Okay. So use not just jumping, <laughs> jumping. I don't know where the, that came from. One of my coaches years ago said it, and I'm sure it came from something. It's like a past. I don't know where thing. I got it from, if I'm honest. Slow down I've, to speed up. I did a whole episode on it, actually. It was actually called slow down to speed up and the clarity yeah. that you get, the precision that you get from going to 30,000 yeah. feet, right? That sort of yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we do that. So uh, single biggest challenge, desired outcomes in 90 days. So you kind of got your, your, your starting point and your end point, brainstorming around it, whether that's masterminding with your coach, your, your, sometimes your partner, 
um, because obviously it's linked now. Yeah. Uh, and then once you've chosen the best option that you're going to go with, remember that playing safe is risky. So it's something Seth Godin talks about a lot. Uh, and it was our mantra at Team GB, actually. And um, create a smart, just a smart objective or, or something that's specific, measurable and within a time frame. So you've got 60 day benchmarks, 30 day benchmarks, and it's very clear. Uh, and, then, and then we then we kind of move to what, what can we do daily? Um, so right. it sounds like there's a lot in there, but when you kind of go through, no, the, no, it's, 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 I, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I, and I think, you know, again, this is why it's interesting. What you're reflecting is a lot of what I've talked about on this show. So people who listen to this understand the concept of you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, we talk about the vision piece first. Um, I often say, you know, go out to five years, I go out to 20, but there's reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, have, you know, some intentions or objectives for the next 12 months, but then get back to your 90 day results. Right. You know, what are the outcomes yep. that we want to achieve in 90 days? And then it goes back to Sunday planning. And then, you know, having a look at a diary, which is absolutely set in advance based on the biggest things that you want to focus on, right? Yeah. You know, so nothing nothing is is kind of just set up randomly. It's set up where you have your highest power, your highest um, value, and you spend your time in those areas. And then, you know, everything else leveraged, right? Yeah. You know, just kind of get other people who have their zone of genius in another area doing the things that you just don't get that energy from. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. very similar, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it makes absolute sense. Okay, business. So, so you talk about business scale up, and you're talking to the to the scale up guy. So, so let's yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about that, Andrew. Well, when I talk about that, I come to you. Say, Nick, I need some advice. Okay, <laughs> that's fine then. Well, you know, well, no, but the stuff you know, I don't. Mm. It's not rocket science, right? Is it? Like you know, I often say, you know, you've got to be good at leveraging. You've got to be good at, at you know, being clear again what we said beforehand about what you're good at and and trusting people. There's a lot of the mindset yeah. coming across into the business piece and how you think about yourself. And I know that you represent that in your model as well, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I'm, where I'm coming from, where I found my feet with, with the business is that they, and you touch on this anyway, but they, they recognize if you, if you just go all in your body and your relationships, and your mindset, the business, it doesn't take care of itself, but mm. you will turn up and do the work. Yeah. Whereas if you're all in the work and you let the other and neglect the other things, there's this kind of nasty cycle that can manifest itself of famine, feast and famine and, you know, and, and, and not yep. get to where you want to get to all that, that five-year goal has been the same five-year goal for five years. You know, it's like, it just keeps, it's just always there. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is just help people. To, well, if you're going to create this, if you're going to achieve this five-year goal and you're going to have some kind of exit at some point, um, let's make it a five-year goal. Right. You know, and, and, and be very focused on that. So, so, you know, of course there are, there are thing, things, uh, that, when we come to the business, whether it's clarity of vision, clarity of culture, clarity of branding and marketing strategies, clear financial goals, you know, processes, making sure that your process is in place. These, these are things that, you know, that, that we talk about a lot. Uh, but, you know, as you know, when you've got a mastermind, people are at so many different stages in, in that, you know, so somebody might be ready to implement processes whereas another business is not quite ready for that you just got to go win some clients you know you've got to get clarity on who, who you're going to serve in the world and you know we're trying to help them do that bit first so before they before they um acquire a, a an operations manager or something you know what i mean it's, yeah, it's yeah. just well, depending where they um, are in their cycle. yeah i mean i talk about i mean if you talk about like you know again the if someone wants to sell their business if that's their goal which should be the goal for most people and i talk about why that's important there's a stage of what i call imp improving and optimizing Right. So if you've got a business that just needs to kind of have the foundations in place, then you focus there. Yeah. Then you can go into the clever stuff, right? You know, acquisitions yeah. and integrations and then consolidation and then exit. 
Yeah, but absolutely. that middle piece, that's sort of what I call the improve and optimize to the acquire and integrate. So the acquisitions being the more strategic growth, it's cyclical. Yeah. Because if you think about it, I might buy a business, I still need to improve that. But eventually what you're doing is you're building it out. But you're right. It's not a, a, a linear pathway quite often. No, no. Some, I mean, you give the example, don't you, of the squiggle? You know, it, it's yeah. like a, it, is a, it goes in a sort of the right trajectory, but it's a, it's a bit of a, it's messy, a messy ride. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's a really good analogy. Yeah. So let's talk about relationships um, to finish off the, the last of the keys. That, that's one I think personally I struggle the most with if I think of myself talking about this. And I, I did some work with Dr. John DiMartini recently. Mm-hmm. And yep. it was interesting that family, even though I would, I would love to think it's right up there as my highest value, isn't. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's quite a painful thing, actually, to look at. Well, well it's not painful if, you, if, you're, if you're honest with yourself, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting in terms of yep. you know, what you do. So, so when you talk about relationships, how do, you, how do you build that in? I mean, obviously, relationships are important. You've got different types of relationships, but it's such a broad church for people. Yeah. I mean, when, when, when I talk about, well, certainly when I initially did, it was, it was very much about the partnership, you know, the relation, the marriage or the, yes. you know, the, whatever it is and, and the, and the family unit. I think there is still a challenge around this because I, I, I was even thinking about hockey yesterday, you know, now the season started and we're back playing that I don't know if I put the same effort into my family as I did when I, cause I think about hockey and I've got to write, I've got to plan my diet around this and I've got to write, I've got to make sure I don't have a meeting there and make sure I can get to the written. I'm thinking about all these different things. I'm thinking, I'm not even sure if I'm doing that with my family at the moment, you know? So, so it's just a, for me that when I talk about relationships, it's that recognition immediately to go, come on, Andrew, you know, let, let's start prioritizing here. Um, otherwise the world's going to fall off this thing again, you know? So, but it, it does remind me how easy it is to kind of focus on the business and, but my point is that we do have other things in life other than a relationship. And, and, it, and do we really want it to be dependent on each other in that sense? And is that healthy to have that level of dependency? And, and I think that it's in some ways healthier to, to have uh, other objectives and, and to have a business that you want to grow and, and other activities that are outside the marriage and, and, and these things. But the four keys really is just that reminder. You know, people in the in the mastermind they'll say it's just just there. Sometimes they say it's just, I'm there, but the four keys is there on their shoulder. You know, it's just so it's about being proactive. It, it's what we don't want is right. I've got eight weeks of really hard work, and I'm going to go all in on my business, and then in eight weeks' time, I'll re I'll start to kind of think about my health or my relationship or something like that. It's that what we're trying to get help people do, myself included, is say it's going to be really tough for eight weeks. So I've got to make sure that I give my wife a break on, on you know, the Saturday morning and take the kids away. I've got to make sure that I'm available, not just physically, but mentally. I've got to build this time. I've just got to be aware over the next or this fourth upcoming week that, that I don't let myself work late and miss bath time or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You just, it's just thinking ahead yeah, I like the reminder of it. I love the I love the yeah. prompt of it. And the, the one thing yeah. about your about your um, four keys is the simplicity of it. So if you take something like a you know Tony Robbins talks about wheels of life and all these sort of things, but there's mm-hmm. more things on there, right? There's like seven there's or eight, eight different or categories. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and there's a point where it just becomes a little bit of box filling. Like uh, <laughs> I better put something in the environment one because it's there, right? As yeah, opposed exactly. to, yeah, yeah. but I do like the yeah. idea of of just being aware and then having a I'm going to call it a strategy. It's a vision and a strategy. Like you know I. I, I set goals around relationships, which are quite simple things like, you know, date nights and stuff like that, with my wife yeah. and, 
And Perfect. I always take the girls to school in the morning, like yeah. never miss that. It's, and it kind of, it just makes things better. It's not, it's not what I call a replacement of the time I probably should be putting in. Right. But there are other things that are yeah. higher up the list right now. So, so my final sort yeah. of question for you today is what are your thoughts on the concept of balance? Does balance exist or does it exist in various different ways than what most people may define that as? So in the, in the book, I, I, I debunk it slightly and I say that balance, because it depends what we mean by balance, you know, like, do we, do we think balance is finishing work every day at five o'clock? Well, for a business owner, that, that's not realistic, you know, when you're looking to grow and scale your business. So for me, balance, when I look at the four keys and, and you know, some of the profile of my clients, they are, they'll say to me, Andrew, I've decided to get healthy, to take your advice, I'm going to get fit. I say, great. So what are you going to do? And they say, well, I've signed up for, the, for, the, for an Ironman. I'm like, what? <clears throat> that's, not, that's, that's not what I meant. That's kind you of know, my world. That's be... like, yeah, like running an yeah, ultra yeah. marathon is not but, what you call healthy, but, right? <laughs> but, you know, so, so, well, you know, you go from doing nothing to now you're, now you're training three or four hours a week, you know what I mean, or more. Um, so my, my point is here is that I see the four keys as, as kind of 100%. And sometimes we need to give 80% to the business but it's how do we manage the other 20% so that we are either signposting it to our families. We are, you know, we, we're aware of it. It's not like, you know, we know what's coming. And then sometimes it's, you know what, I, I've, I've earned some space here in my business. And now I'm going to, I'm going to take a little bit of time away from the business. And I'm going to focus here. But again, my point is, you know, being healthy in the body is a 30 minute walk every day. It's doing 10 push-ups. It's doing, you know, some breathe, deep breathing. It's, it's, it's eliminating junk food. That's it. You know, it's not, it's not, oh, well, if I get, because, you know, you, we've got to know, you've got to appreciate that a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs, business owners, they're all or nothing. Yeah. Right. They all say, you know, we all say it. We're, unless I'm doing training every day and doing the CrossFit box run every day, then I'm really not bothered about my diet. You know, it's like, they can't do one without, it's got to be everything, you know? So so there's work to be done around that. And that comes back to the mindset of change of, well, what do we need to let go of here? What, what's, this is not sustainable, right? So, so balance for me is, is you've got to leave something on the table. And it could be that you don't have to do a London marathon, you know, to be fit. You don't have to be in the CrossFit box every day. Um, do, do, do 50 body weight squats a day. You know, that's it. Um, yeah. And I, and I think that's right, particularly for, for business owners, business leaders who feel that they have to be, as I said, all or nothing or extreme, yeah, that yeah. could be quite an interesting lesson. And impatient, right, you know, yeah. I got, I want to, I want to exit in three years. I want to, I want to lose, you know, 30 pounds in, in one week. I want to, you know, it's like, just play the long game here, you know, and be patient with yourself and then, uh, and chip away at it. And when people say to me, yeah, but if I just do, if I just do yoga every day, I'm never going to lose any weight. And I said, it's because you don't lose weight at yoga. You lose weight in the kitchen make some better choices, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the reality. And it's a tough reality for some people because they want to, they want to out-train their bad diet. Yeah. And you can't do that. I've no. learned that. I lost 25 pounds last year and that was all diet related. Right. And it wasn't actually, pounds. Yeah, wow. I know. I weighed, yeah. I was, it was partly because of inflammation and also I had some knee issues and, and right. I was mm -hmm. making poorer choices, but yeah, I just, I just got really intentional with my diet really yeah, intentional yeah. with it and, and it's, focused. A, it's the game changer yeah know? it and is it, and it resets the genes that's what people don't realize is it there's a there's a you know ex gene expression you know when we start looking at epigenetics which is quite a new movement you know an idea 
that when we start expressing our genes differently, more aligned to our homo sapien, you know, ancestor, you know, then all of a sudden things just change. Things just improve at a whole different level. Um, but it, it's, it takes a bit of time. Takes time. Good. Well, listen, Andrew, um, we're at time. <laughs> so it's been wonderful, Nick. Thank you for coming on the show. Where can people uh, find out more about A, the four keys, uh, the various programs you've got? I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who'll be interested in the stuff we've um, covered today. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things actually, because it's something that's popped into my mind, but one is sure. obviously the website, andrewsilito.com. If you want to find more content, I blog every day, five days a week, have a podcast, etc. And um, But if anybody's kind of wondering where they are against the four keys, you know, if they feel a bit out of balance, or on the verge of burnout, or feeling a bit overwhelmed, then they could do the quiz. And it literally takes two minutes. And it's uh, right. four, key, four keys quiz.com. Um, so number four keys. We'll make sure that um, we'll make sure we put that into the show notes as well. So people can get that. Um, awesome. Right. Well, listen, thank you. Um, it's been, you. been some time in the coming, but I'm glad we've managed to do this. And uh, yeah. as I said, it's funny. We said at the very beginning that, um, you know, I don't just talk about business. We talk about everything that makes up success entrepreneurially in life, all that. So I think we've covered a really nice broad church of those things today. So Andrew, yeah, thank you yeah. for coming on Scale Business. <laughs> thank you. No. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. And there you have it, another episode of Scale Up Your Business. Thank you very much for listening. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show become even better. And while you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button to help you on your scale up journey. Now, perhaps you're thinking of growing and scaling your business. Perhaps now is the time. If that's you, then please check out suyb.global. That's where we have all of our programs, including the Growth Accelerator Partnership, the Maximize Value Partnership, all of our services, and of course, coaching and mentoring. Once again, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Until next time.